Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same Spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Gospel According to St. Luke At that time, so many people were crowding together that they were trampling one another underfoot. Jesus began to speak, first to his disciples, Beware of the leaven, that is, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that, but after that can do no more. I shall, I shall show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one who, after killing, has the power to cast into Jehina. Yes, I tell you, be afraid of that one. Are not five sparrows sold for two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. The Gospel of the Lord. The Pharisees as Hypocrites So great were the crowds flocking to see Jesus that they were elbowing and trampling one another. Even in the midst of this crush, the Lord had words intended just for his disciples. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. The word hypocrite comes to us from the ancient Greek. It signified an actor who puts on a mask and costume in order to assume the personality of a particular character in a drama. He would thus pretend for the sake of the audience to be someone else, often someone very different from his real self. He would play the part of a king, a beggar, or a general, say. It was sufficient for him to impersonate someone else, to let the mask and the costume create his assumed identity. His performance was invariably a public theatrical one, and its success has always me- was always measured by the applause of the crowd. The leaven, the prime influential characteristic of many of the Pharisees, was hypocrisy. They lived for the approval of men rather than of God. Their lives were as false and hollow as an actor's mask, 
as his performance on stage. The Pharisees had succumbed to the temptation of giving undue importance to the opinion of men at the expense of obedience to God. On a different occasion, the Lord criticized them for being white sepulchres. Outside, they seem beautiful, but inside, they are filled with decaying bones. The Pharisees, in fact, led a double life. One life of masks, appearances, falsehood, which depended on the opinion of men. The other life, a careless and selfish relationship with God. The Lord wants His disciples to be leaven, but good, wholesome leaven. He wants them to live a unity of life without masks, double talk, and lies. Jesus wants men and women who lead coherent and sincere lives of faith. The Christian, a person with no guile. Jesus himself taught us the way to behave. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. In dealing with other people, a man's word should be sufficient. One's yes should be a yes. One's no should be a no. Jesus here underlies the value of one's promise to fulfill one's commitments. As Christians, our word and our behavior should be held in esteem by other people. We should seek in everything the truth, fleeing from hypocrisy and duplicity. In normal situations, the word of a Christian should be sufficient guarantee of a promise's fulfillment. The truth should always be respected since it is a reflection of God Himself. If we are in the habit of telling the truth, even in the least important matters, our word will come to have more great reliability and strength. It will be worth its weight in gold. We will, in this respect, be imitating the life of the Lord. At the opposite pole to this Christian behavior is a double-minded, unstable in all his ways. This is the person who adopts a persona, like an actor, ready to do anything to please the crowd. St. Bede observes that the double-minded person wants to celebrate with the world and their reign with God. In our day, there is a special need for men and women who are true to their word, who live a unity of life, who refuse to hide from the consequences of their beliefs, who will not be conditioned to fall in with the opinion or ways of other people. St. Thomas Aquinas teaches that truthfulness is the virtue that inclines us to speak the truth always and to manifest outwardly what we think inwardly. There are, of course, times when we are under no obligation to speak the truth, where we are, in fact, bound not to reveal it. Such cases may involve professional matters, national security, or other serious issues. An important area where the same principle applies has to do with the sacramental seal of confession and whatever relates to spiritual direction. There are various ways of withholding the truth without having to lie. Situations arise also in which information is being sought about a matter the inquirer has no business asking about. There may even be this extreme case of aggressive inquisitor. 
Let us remember, moreover, that often it is our own fault if we are asked indiscreet questions. If we were more recollected and silent, people would not ask them of us, or at least they would do so only rarely. Let us imitate the Lord in His love for the truth. Let us resolve to shun falsehood and whatever smells of hypocrisy. You were reading in that dictionary the synonyms for insincere, two-faced, surreptitous, evasive, disingenuous, sly. As you close the book, you ask the Lord that nobody would ever be able to apply those adjectives to you, and you resolved to improve much more in the supernatural and human virtue of sincerity. To love the truth and love having it to be known. Jesus says, I am the truth. The Lord has the truth in all its fullness. The truth comes to us from Him. Christ's teaching, His life and His death, all constitute a testimonial to the truth. Whoever has the truth is of God and hears the word of God. Truth has its origin in God. Falsehood has its source in opposition to God. This is why Jesus calls the devil the false father of lies, since he was the first liar. As a result, he who lies has the devil for his father. The church reproves not only the liar who by his lie hurts another. She also disapproves of those who lie for recreation or entertainment as well as those who lie for the sake of worldly interests, and this even if no one appears to suffer harm thereby. The lack of honesty to be found in lying or hypocrisy, or in leading such a double life, as insincerity involves, is a manifestation of inferior discord. A man or a woman who lives like this is like a broken bell, discordant and out of tune. The Lord showed his appreciation for this virtue when he said to Nathanael, Behold, an Israelite, indeed, in whom there is no guile. Jesus wants to be able to say this to every Christian. To live in an epoch which puts a premium on sincerity. And yet, our era has become known as the time of the impostors, of falsehood and lying. Among others, the list of impostors includes those members of the press who, spreading scandalous indiscretions and slanderous insinuations, appeal to people's lowest instincts, gradually corrupting their moral sense. To the press, one could add movies, radio, television. These instruments, useful in themselves, when handled by shrewd operators, bombard people with sounds and colors and hidden persuasion, which is all the more effective because of their being hidden. Such media are capable, little by little, of making the best fathers hated by their children, of making their white seem black, and vice versa. This is how the habit of thought and the custom of people are being transformed today. Whenever possible, we should use the means of communication to give sound doctrine to society as a whole. We should stress those ideas which have transcendental importance for social progress, the defense of life from its conception, 
the dignity of family and of the person, social justice, the right to work, due concern for the weakest member of society. In many cases, we can communicate these ideas without difficulty. By writing a letter to the editor, by making telephone calls, by participating in opinion polls or on radio programs. These are means available to us for showing our approval or disapproval of a program or an article that either reinforces fundamental human morality or fails to do so. Admittedly, these are small measures, but many small measures can add up to a considerable impact on the media. As we conclude our meditation, let us go to Our Lady for her help so that we may live the truth at every moment. She will teach us how to let the truth be known by others. Under her guidance, we shall invite others to live a unity of life which is free from guile and hypocrisy. The liturgy rejoices with the song, Tota pulcra es Maria et macula originalis non est in te. You are all fair, O Mary, without original sin. In her there is not the slightest shadow of duplicity. I pray daily to our mother that we may be able to open our souls in spiritual direction and the light of grace may shine in all our behavior. Mary will obtain for us the courage to be sincere if we ask her for it so that we may come closer to the most blessed Trinity. We give you thanks, Almighty God, for all thy benefits. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.